0: Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Well, here we go. You ready? Buckle up. Hope you're ready. We're going to go. We're going to do this. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Man, today was already a good day. Today was already an incredible day. And uh, I want to read to you uh, from First Kings, uh, chapter 18, and I'm I'm gonna read uh, Matthew chapter four, verse number eight, and I'm gonna jump over to a little bit of Psalms 23, and then we're gonna jump over to uh, First Kings 18. So if you got your Bibles, we can go crazy today, and if not, we got a giant one on the screen. Amen. We got any people in the New Families Lounge back there? Okay, good. Don't wake up any kids. Amen. Praise God. It's full back there if you do not know. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 8. And this is also, this little verse is also Jesus' last day on the fast. So kind of we're in good company here. It says, 4 verse 8, again, the devil, uh uh-oh, took him to a very high mountain. And he showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, All of this I will give you if you bow down and worship me. Now it's unique that this is happening because this is just stupid. You know, I mean, this is almost, he's talking to God (laughs) about his creation. And he takes him to this high mountain and he says, If you bow down and worship me, I know I got kicked out of heaven for wanting the worship, but if you now, bow down and worship me, I will give you all of this. And, and you, I just want to remind you, you know, because this does seem like a little weird for Jesus to be going through this, but I do want to remind you that Jesus went through everything he went through so he can show us that he went through what we went through. Understand what I'm saying? If that doesn't confuse the crud out of you. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that everything Jesus went through, he went through it so we would know that he's felt what we felt. I don't know if the enemy's ever taken you to a high mountain and say, you can have all this if you'll just worship me. Something I I do want to remind you is that in life, for some reason, we think that every mountaintop is a place that God led us. But as we can see in our text, Jesus, God, was not led there by the Father. The Bible says that the devil led him to a high mountaintop. In fact, I do want to just pause for a second. This is free. This is extra. You don't even have to tip me for this. (laughs) God hasn't left you in every valley. And at the same time, God doesn't take you to every mountaintop. Because Psalms chapter 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare me a table in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What I'm saying, in other words, God doesn't open every open door. And every slam door doesn't mean God's left you. God is the God of the valley, and he's the God of the mountaintop. But so does the enemy take you to both. You have to ask yourself... Who has brought me to this place? Because if God's brought you to this valley, don't worry about getting to the mountaintop. Because if God's brought you here, he will make you a table in the presence of your enemy. Your cup will runneth over. Don't wait till you get to the top of the mountain to party. Party right here, baby. Sometimes you might be standing on the top of the mountaintop thinking, wow, God's brought me here. You couldn't be more wrong. The Bible says that after he showed them, Jesus said this Away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and the angels attended to him. Some of you are on the mountaintop with the wrong person and God is waiting for you to look at the devil and say, It is written. It is written. That I will worship God and God alone. I didn't come to this mountaintop to worship the things I see from it. I came to this mountaintop to let you know that the word of God stands up here like it stands in the valley. You say, why do you you say that? Because I feel like in our American culture, we have tried to marry our American culture with kingdom culture. They are two different things. And I say American culture because sometimes when you say the word culture, we start thinking about uh, our our African-American culture or our Hispanic culture or our Asian culture or, or our hunky culture. You understand what I'm saying? We start thinking about our culture. And I'm not talking about that kind of culture. I'm talking about American culture. Because in America... We have the American church, and you'll hear me say this often, that God has not called me to pastor an American church. In fact, the church of heaven is not American. It's not Australian. In fact, the church of heaven is not just African American or white or, or Hispanic or Asian. The church of God is a kingdom culture. We, we came, I know we got our culture, but we're not to bring the word and make it line up with our culture we're to bring our culture to the word and say god i want you to realign my culture with the kingdom culture and we're going to be a kingdom church that's that's what we're going to be because we're not serving anyone other than the king come on do i have anyone that loves the king in the house you know which king i'm talking about not every elvis presley I'm- not talking about Michael Jackson. I'm talking about Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do we have any servants of the King in the house? Do we have anyone that's in the kingdom in the house? Now, I know we can shout about it, but do you believe it with your walk? My, my challenge to you this year is that we will sow like money So like you own money, not like it owns you. That we serve like Jesus, not like we want to. That we will love like it's powerful, not like it's conditional. That we will pray like prayer changes things, not like it falls on deaf ears. That we will forgive like God has forgiven us, not as if we deserved it. We will give grace like we want grace given to us. not like we have been given grace, that we will actually become a part of this kingdom. You see, I want to tell you this, that, you know, a lot of people will say, man, I'm spending time with God. I'm going to church, but I feel further from God than I ever have in my life. I keep pressing into God. Have you ever had that moment where you're pressing into God and, and you're, you're, in other words, you're, you're doing all that you can to go after God, but you couldn't feel more away from God than this time in your life, and you just can't figure out what's wrong. And I begin to think about this, because usually when someone's life starts going sideways, the first thing we ask is, hey, how's your time with God? And mo- most of the time as a counselor, you, 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 people will say, man, my time with God's not too good. And, and we say, well, you got to change that. I mean, that's, that's an obvious thing. you got to, you got to pull away from this world and press into God. And, you know, but I've, I've had people that have like, man, I, I am spending time with God. I began to ask God. I said, God, what, what is that? And he, God spoke to me and he said, both Judas and Peter spent time with me. Both Judas and Peter had front row seats to every miracle. Both Judas and Peter were there at the revival night. When the house got so full, they dropped a paralytic man through the roof. Both Judas and Peter were there in the garden where they captured me. Both Judas and Peter were in my presence. Both the woman with the issue of blood and the crowd saw Jesus pass them by, but only one was changed by him. So I said, God, what's the difference between Judas and Peter? And he said, obedience. It's not just about spending time with God. It's not just about being in God's presence. It's not even about coming to church. I went to church for 18 years of my life and didn't know God. I was around God. But I was never changed by him because I had my own opinion that was bigger than his. Because I had my own way that was grander than his. See, in the kingdom, it's not about picking up your rights. It's about laying down your rights. If you want to see your destiny come to pass, it's about saying, God, your will over mine. Isn't it unique that we want our will? Yet Jesus in the garden. Jesus in the garden. Jesus let me say that again Jesus in the garden prayed not my will but your will father I want my own way it's human nature to want our own way it's human nature to get to the top of the mountain go God maybe that would be good to have all that all I have to do is worship you can we talk about worshiping the devil in church is that okay can I show you, don't get scared, can I just show you a demonic picture? Can I show you, uh, let, let me just, I've I got this picture right here. You know what it reads at the bottom? Do what thou wilt, that be the whole law. You know, this is the word that, that, the, that the founder of the satanic church got when he heard from a serpent under drugs and when he heard him Give him the words to write in the Satanic Bible. Here's the key to the whole book. Do what you want. Live your life for you. Don't be under any authority. Do whatever you think is right. Do you, baby. In other words, you only got one life, so live it. Isn't that funny? That the American culture fits right into this. Do your own thing. Be your own person. Don't listen to anybody. But I didn't come to be a part of an American culture. I'm a part of a king. We're taught this from a baby. And it's a good thing. We're taught, hey, man, make something of yourself. Live your life. You only got one life. And it sounds good. But what happens after life? What echoes in eternity from this life that I didn't lay down, I just kept picking up, and I had to have my way or the highway? God is saying, look, I came to die for all mankind. I laid down my life not so you can pick it up, so you can also lay down your life. Doesn't our Bible say, if you don't pick up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me? Come on, church. I'm looking for a kingdom church that says, God, not my will, not my dreams, not my way. but your way. You know, we serve a generation that doesn't want to be under authority. Like, Jesus went to church. The disciples went to church. They were a part of a community that the book of Ephesians is to the church of Ephesians. you understand? This whole Bible is about being a part of the church, the body. How do you be the hand without being connected to the arm? You die. Go in and do your own thing, bro, and serve God. Or who are you serving? Do what you want. Do your own will. I wonder how many of us have made a different God and called him Jehovah. We still got our opinions. God doesn't ask you to bring your opinion. He asks you to walk in his dominion. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to make sure when we get to the other side of this thing, you ain't looking at me going, Pastor, you never told me. You never told me why I didn't feel God's presence. Because God was back there at that decision when I was supposed to go left, and I went right. I keep wondering where you're at, God. You know what's crazy is God tells us to go left, we go right, and then we're out here alone. We get taken advantage of. All things fall apart, and we get mad at God because he left us high and dry. And God says, if you would just come back to the place I spoke to you, if you would just return to your first love, you would walk with me in the cool of the garden again. Isn't it unique that Adam and Eve lost everything because they wanted their own way? They listened to the snake like we're still listening to the snake today. Come on, the American church. Let's open our Bibles. Let's see how Peter lived his life. Come on, American church. Let's see if they were chasing money, fortune, power, and fame. Let's look at the people in the Bible. Let's see about this book that we read, that we proclaim to be. Either we are it or we're not. This is why no one wants our Jesus. Because we have no trace of Jesus on us. We smell like what's in our ride, our opinion, our ideas. Our thought processes the Bible says this in 1st in, in Kings chapter 18 1st Kings chapter 18 let's let's go let's go 21 Elijah went before the people and said how long will you waver between two opinions if the Lord is God If he really is follow him if we have to figure it out are we following if we have to know where we're going are we following if we have to have him give us all the answers before we go who's the leader him or us i need to make sure you're going the right way with my life god I needed to make sure you're getting this one right because I don't really know if you got this figured out, my destiny. I I don't know if I can really trust you with that because I haven't been able to trust anyone. Again, don't build a theology around your pain. Did you go outside and feel the sun today? Then you can trust him. Did you breathe breath in your lungs today? Then you can trust him. Are you thinking with that mind today? Then you can trust him. You can trust him yesterday. He's got you through more than this. You made it through bigger situations than this. This is not a big deal. All you got to do is say yes again. Yes again. Every day I wake up and I say, God, I want to say no. I want to sometimes say maybe, but I said yes when I was 18. I didn't want to preach today. I feel like crap. I got on that plane at 5 a.m. and flew back to this church. And I said, yes, again. And he's filling my body with healing. When you say yes, God meets you. When you say no, you meet yourself. I wonder why you keep meeting yourself on the road. I wonder why you keep feeling like Judas. How much have you sold him out for? For Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. Have you sold them out for your dream? Have you sold them out for that relationship? Have you sold them out because he just doesn't know? Have you sold them out because you can't forgive them? Have you sold them out because you can't let go of it? How much have you sold them out for? You know, what's funny about even Peter. The Bible says, Peter said, I will never deny you. And Jesus said, before this day is over, you're going to deny me three times. But you will return. Peter's like, no way. I will go to death with you, Jesus. See, I don't believe we have Judases in the church. I believe we have a lot more Peters. I want to do what is right. I want to follow you, God. But when push comes to shove, sometimes it is difficult walking out the commitment we want to do in our heart. My Bible says, later in the day, Peter followed At a distance. Uh, that, that word stands out to me really bold. Peter followed at a distance. After he followed at a distance, that's when he denied Christ. I wonder how many people in this room and how many times in my life I've followed, but at a distance, a safe distance. Uh, I'll just see what's happening on the outside. I see so many people come to church, and I can see it. I can feel it. They're following at a distance. I came to church today at a distance. I'm going to worship today at a distance. Be careful when you start finding yourself following at a distance, because it won't be long before you are denying you even know him. Be careful when you follow. There's only one way to follow Jesus. Step in step. There's only one way you're protected by him. Step in step. There's only one way you're covered by him. Step in step. I love John because John was at the cross. John was at the place where sinners mocked, soldiers gambled, and disciples ran. I want to be like John. I want to be the disciple who loves Jesus, who actually obeys him. Doesn't your Bible and my Bible say, if you love me, you'll... Obey me. Maybe it's not just about following Jesus. Maybe it's about being obedient to his word. Elijah gets up and he says, how long will you waver? He said, come on, folks. How long is this show going to go on? How long will you have two opinions that you choose between? Mine or God's? Mine or God's? How long will you waver back and forth? You have a destiny. You have a purpose. He wasn't trying to beat them up. He was trying to empower them. He was saying, do you know who you are? How long will you keep going in circles when you're meant to move forward? How long will you waver fearless? How long will we sit in the same place talking about the same things? How long will you hear the same advice before you finally believe God's word over yours? How long will you listen to the snake over the lion? He's taken out greater people than us. We're not the first under his words. Do your own thing. Come on, LA, become Los Angeles. Or change Los Angeles. Elijah steps up. And he says, how long will we keep playing this game with God? If God is God, follow him. And then one of my... Probably one of the saddest moments that I see in this story is these next words. But the people... Said nothing. Can you imagine that moment being Elijah? He just worked up all the courage to give your brave heart speech. He got the whole troop of the armies of God. There are over 450 prophets of Baal, there are over 750 prophets of Asherah. Jezebel is there, the world is watching. And here you are. This is your moment. And you say if you're going with God, let's go. And I imagine one guy at least stands up and say amen. Let's go. But the Bible says that the crowd was silent. You see sometimes to be a leader, you got to be okay with the silence. Okay, that's where we're at. My God didn't get belittled because you were silent. He's still just as big if everyone said, I'll go. So Elijah does what we know the story to happen. He says, here's what we're going to do. It's going to be a showdown at sunset. Go and get all your Prophets. And I'll need some help because I'm one guy and they got almost a thousand people. Wish y'all would stand up with me. That's okay. I got God standing with me. You See, it's not strength in numbers. It's strength in obedience. (laughs) You, You know what success is? Success is not where you're trying to get to. You're fighting so hard to get there. God is not more proud of you there than here. Did you know God does not love you more at any point? Like tomorrow, if you do this, this, and this, God is not like, dang, man, I'm so much more proud of you today than yesterday. God loves you the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's the same yesterday and forever. He was slain before the foundations of the world. Your God is proud and loves you no matter what you do. You are not earning his approval. You already have it. My son, brave, does not have to earn my approval. He already has it. Now he makes me happy. He makes me laugh when he's obedient. My daughter and son are learning obedience. We have something at home called first time obedience. Oh man, I don't even know what to do when I'm like, hey, let's clean up this for mom. And Lyric goes, let's do it. And Brave's still playing video games. I'm like, Brave, I bought you that video game, kid. Let's clean up this for Mom. In a second, Dad. No, no. (laughs) Let's do it now. I don't know if I want to. And then we have a talk. Brave, I'm looking for first-time obedience. Your sister has made me happy. Now we got to have it. I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to teach you because power comes from obedience. You know why I do that? Because second time obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I I dare a group of people to say, you know what, I don't care if the whole world chooses to do their own thing. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. As for me and my house. Look, when you say house, you're not just talking about you. You're talking about every household that will come through you. Look at this. 2 Kings seventeen forty one. Look what it says. So while the nations feared the Lord, they also served idols. Their children and their grandchildren, as their fathers did, so did they do this to this day. Whatever you do. It's not just about you. There are going to be generations of people. I just preached in Galt, California. And uh, great American little town. My hometown. On the front row sat my grandma. Who couldn't hear my whole sermon. She's, she's you know, older and she couldn't hear it. She's smiling the whole time. I'm like, I, I, it doesn't matter what I say. She's amening me with her smile. She's like, I need more people like that. Then next to her was my Aunt Mary. My Aunt Mary... My, my mom grew up in an alcohol abusive home my grandpa was very he, he was very full of fear he was a musician, a singer and so in order to get up and perform in front of people he was very good at it but he would get drunk so he could perform and then that carried over in life and he would, he would abuse my mom and my uncles and, and so my Aunt Mary she was there last night she would come pick my mom up for church every week my mom didn't know Jesus. Her family didn't go to church. Her family didn't know Jesus. She was in a jacked up, messed up, broken home. They lived at the police station more than they lived at the house. And my Aunt Mary was putting her life to pick her up every day and bring her to church. My mom got saved in the church my Aunt Mary would bring her to. Now let me, re- let me-, let me rewind this. I was preaching last night. On the front row sat my mom both of my sisters who are pastors in two different churches my grandma smiling from ear to ear and my aunt mary i wonder how that felt for my aunt mary to watch me preach the gospel i wonder if it was worth it every time she heard jesus say go pick up diane johnson i wonder i wonder if it was worth it that the gas The obedience it took for her to drive across town to pick up a little girl who may never even follow Jesus. I wonder if that moment there was a fruition of everything God had asked her to be obedient to. And I wonder what is waiting on the other side of your obedience. I wonder. I wouldn't be here today I wouldn't know you we wouldn't have fearless church if aunt mary wouldn't have been obedient to drive down that street to that broken home and be obedient to the voice of god see i'm not talking about big things and you're like, man, I, I gave up this. It is. God's asking for the still small voice. He's saying, hey, would you serve me in little ways? He asked you a little thing a long time ago. And because you thought it was little, you didn't live like it was big. God shows up in little days, little ways. And he says, will you serve me like this? Will you follow me like this? Will you just take one step? This Bible is not a floodlight. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Elijah gets up and he says, choose who you'll serve. Will you serve your opinion, or will you follow his? And the crowd is silent. I said, okay. Get me two bulls. Baal and Asherah, you can pick your bull, whatever one you want. I'll take the second one. The Bible says they picked a bull, they laid out the wood, and for hours they cried out to their God. So long that Elijah starts making fun of them. I love this it's like what are you guys doing probably should shout louder your worship's not working he ends up saying is your God busy the the original wording there is is your God relieving himself in other words is your God on the toilet he's not hearing you oh maybe he's in another country maybe he's traveling he was mocking him with that because obviously his their God was not omnipresent if he was traveling he said, oh, so they started working harder. They started cutting themselves harder. They started, because they followed their own opinion, they had to work for what they were trying to earn. And at the end of it, he said, Are you guys done yet? He says, okay. He cut the bull. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, cut the bull. Come on, it's time to cut the bull. Come on, you never said that in church. You're going to say it today. Come on, cut the bull. Cut the bull. He cut the bull up. And he began to prepare an altar. The Bible says he rebuilt the altar of God. You know what we're going to have to do? If we're going to see God show up in Los Angeles, we're going to have to rebuild the altar of God. The Bible says he took 12 stones, meaning the 12 tribes of of Israel, meaning you're the altar, meaning you're a part of the altar. He rebuilt the altar with 12 stones. He laid the bull upon the altar. He got three buckets, and he sent some people down. To the river at the bottom. He said, fill it up. He dug a trench around it. The Bible says he put seed in the trench. He gave them three buckets. He said, go fill up these three buckets of water. They came back up, climbed back up the Mount Carmel. They poured the water over the, over the sacrifice. What I didn't tell you is that they're in drought. Water is scarce. So scarce that people are trying to sell their babies to get food. They're eating donkey's heads they're selling donkey's heads for hundreds of dollars because there is no food there's no vegetation there's no water and Elijah goes let's take the one thing you don't have anything left of and let's put it on the altar to let God know we trust you with our future he has them go back three times they keep pouring water on the altar then he steps back he says God I know who you are Today, you will be magnified. Reveal yourself through fire. That's it. And the Bible says fire hits the altar. It burns up the sacrifice, but it doesn't stop there. It burns up the wood, but it doesn't stop there. It burns up the rocks, but it doesn't stop there. It burns up the water, but it doesn't stop there. It burns up the sea. see the fire of God is a consuming fire he's not just wanting your sacrifice he's wanting your life he's wanting every part of you some people like man I don't know if this church is my church like they want you to tithe at this church no I don't want you to tithe the Bible asks you to tithe they want you to give I get all nervous I'm gonna do an instant I'm gonna do a Yelp review because they asked they had a giving time that's stupid Go yelp the Bible, you're not going to like it much. It's not about your opinion. There are a lot of churches in LA, God bless you if you don't like this one. We're going to teach the Bible. We're not going to teach theologies taught by men, I'm not saying other churches are. I'm just saying that's what we're going to do. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, we're going to follow His voice. When God shows up, He takes everything. God doesn't want a piece of your dream. He doesn't want when you're 21 and not right now. He doesn't want when you finally get married. He doesn't want, no, no, He wants everything. God wants every part of your life. He says, let me into all of it. You know why this isn't working for most of us? Because we've given Him half of us. You can have a piece. Here you go, God. What can you do with that? God's like, I'm I'm not even going to waste my time. Fire does not stop where people want it to stop you cannot light a fire in your fireplace and have a talk with it hey fire um i don't want you to burn this log could you only burn these two no fire is who it is it consumes everything it touches it is consuming he is a consuming fire i i want him to be a fire in my life say well i don't want him to consume all me well the only way you're going to get the results from a fire is if you let him consume you You know what a fire does? It lights the way. You know what a fire does? It brings warmth to the cold. You know what a fire does? It brings healing and purification when you put food next to it. Fires change things. I want a fire burning in my life. God, if you need a sacrifice, I'm putting my life on the altar. Not part of it. Not some of it. All of it, God. See, we all want destiny. I want my destiny. Give me my destiny, God. I want to walk with you on my destiny. But destiny doesn't come because you want it. Destiny happens. <laughs> happens to everybody. But it's held over the long time. Over the long haul. To those that walk in the character, they need to hold it up. I don't want to be a, sh- a shooting star, I want to be a shining star. I don't want to burn for a moment, I want to burn for a lifetime. I want to look like Billy Graham when I die, not like the guy who left his wife and Walked out on his church and stole the money. I want to have character in my life so when God gives me my destiny, I have the character and the ability to uphold what He's given me. If He gives me my destiny without character, I will lose the destiny He's given me. But character happens through choices. The choices that you make over and over and over again become the character in your life. When you see someone, they're constantly late, and you say, what is the character of that person? Well, they're late. It's who they are. Why is it who they are? Because they constantly chose the snooze button over the wake up. Your choices over time affect your character, and your choices are determined by who helps you decide them. So your destiny is not really just up to God. It's up to you making your decisions with His Word, not your opinion. I want you to hold this. I want you to be Elijah sets the people free I want you to get planted in the house I want you to say God my whole life is yours I I want you to to sow like you own money and money doesn't own you I want you to serve Jesus not like you want to like Jesus served you I want you to love like it's powerful not like it's conditional I want you to pray like prayer changes things. Not like it falls on deaf ears. I want you to forgive like God has forgiven you. Not as if you've deserved it. I want you to give grace like you want grace given to you. Not like you've been given. I want you to make theologies based on his word. Not based on your pain and problem and opinions. I want to serve notice on the God of this world keeps telling me if I do what I want I'll really get what I need when every time it's falling short you see our biggest problem is we like control that's why I don't like flying I want to fly the plane I don't know how to fly the plane I want to be in control that's why I don't like riding in shotgun I want to drive the car because I want to be in control of my destiny in the kingdom you got to let go of control but when you let go of control God sets you up to change the world. You know, when Elijah did this whole thing, he put his life on the line. Because if God didn't show up, they would have killed him. But instead, he killed the prophets of Baal. I wonder, in our generation, what idols we'll smash by following Jesus, and what people will set free. Today my question is not if you've been spending time with God, because I know you've been in a fast. Today my question is not if you came to church because you're here. Today my question is will we live out his word or we live out our opinion? That's it. Would you stand to your feet all over this room? We say yes, Jesus. We say yes, Father. Lord, we let go of our pain. We let go of our theologies built by man We repair the altar of sacrifice. Lord. we come back to what success is all about, being obedient to you, we say yes in the little. We say yes on the mountaintop. We say yes in the valleys. We say yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Would you grab your neighbor's hand across the aisle and would you bow your heads with me today? The Jesus of the Bible contrary to popular religion has not come into our lives to make bad people good. He came into my life to make this dead person live. I'm still working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Trying to become more like him every day. Today, I want to invite you into that life. Maybe you're in this room today and you feel dead on the inside bad news is you're right you're gonna go to sleep dead you're gonna wake up dead another day another night doesn't matter what relationships come doesn't matter what promotions come because the death you're feeling is not an outside job it's an inside job a bomb does not detonate from the outside it detonates from the inside I went to church for 18 years of my life, and I was dead on the inside. But one day, not even in a church service, I said yes to this Jesus, and it gave me life. I want to invite you into that life today. If you're in this room under the sound of my voice, and you're tired of feeling dead, you're tired of waking up dead, going to sleep dead, today is your day. On the count of three, I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand if that's you. Jesus touched this group of people give them courage to be real one two three tired of waking up dead going to sleep dead if your neighbor squeezed your hand on the count of three I want you to lift up that champion's hand ready one two three come on hands are going up all over this room I see that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands back there. Just keep them up. I see those hands back there. I see that hand right over here. Come on, keep them up. We can keep clapping for them. Come on. Come on. There are are people right over here. Right over here. There's a young man, Dave, right there in the back. Don't let that ever get old, seeing people lift their hands. Right now, heaven is throwing a rager over one person lifting their hand today. We ought to party here, huh? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being courageous. We're going to pray together. Can we do that? Can we do that, church? Say this with me, dear Jesus. Today, come into my life. Make me new. Forgive me of all my sins. All the dead things I've walked in. And God, I forgive those that have sinned against me. Those that have done dead things to me. Today, I let go of that, and I grab a hold of you. Give me new life. Forgive me. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God a shout? Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit FearlessLA.com slash FearlessTV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.